Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebooks. Congrats to the kids and Gerald for uh, doing well. They you're, finished uh, 41st. You're, you're thriving in spite of your, uh, your bloodline and your ancestry over they there. They finished 15 North. spots ahead of Florence. Well, that that's in these standings. In life, they're still lagging very, very far behind. Okay, go on, go on. Did you hear what happened in Gerald, how everybody got unexpectedly excited? The town took an IQ test, and they all jumped for joy when it came back negative. All right, stop that. Just stop it. All right, go on. Cam, you ready for some more start cuts? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Um, hold on, I lost my tab. I'm on that Red River right. tab. Give me just a second. Where There's that email from Cameron Parker. Uh, let's get to cut number three. We've heard Sark talk about this. This shouldn't take that much time to go through. Uh, I wrote a story on this. I talked to Sark about this this spring when he was on the Texas Fight Tour. Basically, how does his recruiting philosophy jive with Texas going into the SEC? Uh, and has he had to change anything going to the SEC? Really, no. Um, you know, when I got here... A, I assessed our roster. Okay, what do we need to what do we need to do to be the best team we can be, and then what do we need to do to be the best team we can be in the future, and ultimately, um, you know, I, I assessed the college football playoff and I assessed who were the best teams in the CFP over the last decade. Well, ultimately, the majority of those teams are come from the SEC. So, all right, how do we beat those teams? How do we build a roster to beat those teams? Well, you got to get big up front. You got to get physical up front. You got to have speed on the perimeter. So we have been recruiting this way um, since I got here. Uh, nothing has changed in that aspect. It's made it a little easier uh, that to, to why we do what we do. I think you got to have big humans up front. You got to have speed on the perimeter. You got to have high football intellect. In the middle of your in the middle of your roster, whether it's offense or defense, and ultimately, um, that's what we've tried to do. Um, it's never perfect, but that, that that's ultimately what we're trying to do. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, don't need to belabor the point. There, it kind of is what it is. Uh, th- this was my question for Sark yesterday in the press conference because we only got well, more people attended, more media members attended than usually attend. It's usually me and like two other people. Uh, so we only got one question, but I asked Sark about football IQ. At this time last year, we're talking a lot about football IQ. Sark said that was one of the big issues in 2021. They had meetings and took different measures to make sure they were better in football IQ. And if Rod Babers is listening right now, I think he'll really like Sark's answer here because this is something we've talked about on Longhorn Blitz a long time, that when a team starts doing what Sark describes here, that's how you know you feel like you're really getting somewhere. I thought what we did was was really effective. Um you know, bringing in kind of an outside voice sometimes to talk about football IQ and football intellect, I think is helpful. Uh, I think ultimately it's hard to quantify in game what that looks like. But for me, the fact that our players are talking about football, that tells me we're we're making an impact. You know, they're not, they're not talking about, uh, a video game or they're not talking about something they're talking about football they're talking about third and four talking about fourth down scenarios they're talking about red zone uh and were we perfect no obviously but i think over over time we'll, we'll reap the benefits of it as long as we keep putting towards our energy right in in that in that facility so it, 
I'm I'm actually excited for where we're at because I think we can go to a new spot, a new place with with our guys, uh, and we are. Um, and I think our players are excited about it too. Like, man, we are getting coached at the highest level to learn the game of football with new rules and what it might look like in college and what it might look like in the NFL. Like, I think they're embracing that, and that, and that's that's what we want, you know. So so we enjoy that that, that aspect of it. Talking to the guys at Media Days last week, especially like Jade Barron, mm-hmm. um, Jordan Whittington also said this, the film study aspect. Guys are starting to see it pay dividends. Probably no better example of that than Jade Barron in the TCU game. He said he watched film, and before the game, he and Terry Joseph went over film again, and he said, look, they're going to run this. You know, It was that little, that little perimeter screen they kept running, and he's like, you're going to see this a lot tonight. Be prepared. And what did they finish with in that game? Three and a half tackles for loss? Yeah. yeah. It, so that's guys are starting to see the results of the work they're doing on their own. They, the tangible results are there. So that's, that's awesome when you start getting to that point and coaches understand that, hey, guys, we can do as much as we can here and trust that your guys are going to do something on their own. Because if you think you're just going to get better, this goes to high school, college, NFL, what I don't care what level you're talking about. If you think you're just going to get better based on the film you watch as a team or as a position group and not do anything on your own, you're very sorely mistaken. So, pro- And, Craig, you've been around this thing long enough, and especially during this dark period, guys haven't done that. Right, guys haven't been willing sometimes to put in work on their own and and take time away from the social life or whatever to go watch film. So that should be a really good indicator of kind of where things are uh, under Sark. Cam, let's go to cut eight right here. You, you'll see some scuttlebutt on this. Uh, I know the Dallas Morning News had an article about this. Greg Sankey yesterday did a press conference at coaching school, and actually, I was I missed most of it because I was having my one on one chat with David Pierce while that was going on. Again, we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, Greg Sankey said he wants to to take a look at the early signing period and maybe do away with it. Uh, Sark was on the other end of the coin. And it's not that it was, I understand headline writers have jobs to do. It wasn't like it's not contentious. It wasn't, uh, they're at odds or clashing with each other. But you'll hear Sark's answer right here on the early signing period and why he feels like it needs to stay where it is. I don't want to find from the SEC before I'm in the conference. Okay, John, <laughs> quote me. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's the best avenue. The reason being is the student athlete and the high schools are, are way too equipped to graduate high school early and to be at college in January. So when you start to think about the majority of your class enrolling in January but not ever having a signing period, that's concerning to me. That was the reason we went to the early signing period. So do I think there's probably a happy medium in there? Yes. Uh, but the fact of not to have one at all, uh, that's a little concerning because I just hate to feel for a kid and his family going through the month of December, no signing period. I'm supposed to go to school A, but I don't sign, and where do, when and how do I get to celebrate that? That's a little concerning. So no disrespect to Mr. Sankey. That's just how we feel here, uh, and you know, we'll navigate our, our way through it, I'm sure. Craig, you, you've talked to numerous high school coaches mm-hmm. over the years and numerous college coaches. I've heard from college coaches and high school coaches over the years. It seemed like when the early signing period talk came up initially, 
everybody was kind of on board saying, hey, put this thing in August. I know Mac was on record saying he wanted it in August. Talked Char- about it yesterday. Charlie Strong said he wanted it yep. in August. I remember before it happened, Tom Herman said he wanted it. He'd, he'd rather it be in August than December. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you ask Sark, he'd probably prefer it to be in August. Mm-hmm. High school coaches definitely wanted it in August because, hey, do this before our season starts so that way we're not getting to the week of a state championship game. And, oh, by the way, my star quarterback and running back now has a decision to make on where he's going to go to school, and it's got to get done right now. So – I think maybe that happy medium is just just move it to August. And if a kid needs to get a release or whatever, there's a coaching change, just put provisions in that that he's, he can do that in December. The only negative I've heard about August, and this is from high school coaches, the only negative I've heard about, and it's not so much about college coaches, but it's more about high school coaches. Yeah. The negative that college coaches might have with an August signing date is the, is – the specter of injury, but most of them are realistic enough to know, look, he's going to take a chance on that no matter whether he's signed early or not. The only negative I've heard from high school coaches is, is our guy going to Cadillac it a little once he signed his letter of intent? Is he going to pull back and take it easy and not, and not give the effort? Most high school coaches feel that's on their shoulders Mm -hmm. as coaches to make sure their guy doesn't go half speed and whatever and mail it in. But that is a concern. Yeah. It's, it's one of the few. I've, I've, you hear stuff like that, not so much with football because it's just a commitment and that can be revoked at any time. It can Mm -hmm. be the quote unquote mutual parting of the way you hear about it in volleyball, boys and girls, basketball, softball, baseball. You hear about it in some of those other sports, but football you don't hear as much. Maybe that would change with the early signing period, but I think for coaches to get it out of the way during camp, at least it's not during the week where you're trying to game plan uh, and you haven't played games yet. And I think for the high school coaches, you know, your season hasn't started yet. Just get that out of the way, maybe even before you scrimmage and, and be done with it. The one question I have brought up is, will you have more situations like Jaden Blue or Quinn Ewers? Where a guy skips that I've signed my letter of intent and now I'm going to pull out and well, not even play my senior year. Well, and uh, I saw Mike Roach tweeting some stuff from the UIL press conference was this morning, and apparently that was kind of the the deal from the from the UIL on on NIL stuff. As long as the state of Texas law says what it says, yeah, and there are you know no nos in there for high school athletes on what they can and can't do, yeah, the UIL said they will not make any kind of ruling. As long as the state law is what it is. 